Cape Talk. A world view from London. Uh, good morning, John Adderley. As expected, you mentioned this yesterday, uh, the US and the UK with targeted airstrikes overnight in Yemen. Uh, the US and UK have been targeting the Houthi targets in Yemen overnight. What do we know about these, these strikes? Yeah, there's been a huge amount of activity. Good morning, by the way, um, over the last six hours or so. And President Joe Biden uh, confirmed that attacks were launched at his direction, he said, against a number of targets in Yemen used by Houthi rebels to, in, to endanger freedom of navigation in one of the world's most vital waterways. This is we were saying yesterday is in response to the Houthi attacks that, that have disrupted the flow of free trade through the Red Sea. Joe Biden said the strikes were carried out by U.S. forces together with the United Kingdom, with support from Australia, Bahrain, Canada and the Netherlands. The Pentagon gave a bit of detail, saying that Tomahawk cruise missiles and jets attacked more than 12 sites in Yemen, including the capital Sana'a and Hodeidah, which is the Houthi Red Sea port stronghold. And President Biden warned of possible further action. He said, I will not hesitate to direct further measures to protect our people and the free flow of international commerce as necessary. Very important in all of this that it's coordinated attacks. And at the same time, we had a statement from our prime minister here in London, uh, Rishi Sunak. We knew that he'd held a cabinet meeting uh, in the evening. So we knew that something was afoot. We just didn't know the timing of it. But sure enough, it was really only a matter of hours after that cabinet meeting at Downing Street that we had confirmation of these attacks. And Rishi Sunak said the Royal Air Force participated in these attacks on facilities used by Houthi rebels in Yemen. He said the United Kingdom will always stand up for freedom of navigation and the free flow of trade. Our Prime Minister said we've taken limited, necessary and proportionate action in self-defence. And, and we know that the UK strikes were carried out by jets flying from RAF Akrotiri uh, in Cyprus. There were four RAF typhoons. There are dramatic pictures you may have seen on, on TV of some of the of some of the strikes, sort of the typhoons taking off from uh, Cyprus. And they carried out their airstrikes on two Houthi targets using their pave way bombs. So a real a lot of drama over the last uh, six hours or so. John, the, the Suez Canal Corridor handles something like 12% of global trade. Um, the Houthi rebels said that they're only targeting uh, or they're only blockading Israeli vessels. But that hasn't stopped um, many uh, um, sea trade companies saying, well, we're avoiding it altogether. What has been the international response to, to the US and UK's uh, strikes? Yeah, I mean, this has really upped the stakes, hasn't it, in, in so many ways. Uh, all eyes on on the Houthis, of course, as to what their reaction is going to be uh, to the strikes against them. And a not unexpected, I would say, defiant message from the Houthi leader, Mohammed al-Bukhadi, uh, on, on X, formerly Twitter. He's threatened the US and the UK. Um, saying that they'll soon realise this was the greatest folly in their history. He says American and Britain made a mistake in launching the war on Yemen. That's how he's describing it, because they they uh, they didn't benefit from their previous experiences. And I, I think that's the fear now. As I say, it won't be unexpected from the UK and the US. They will have expected that kind of defiant response. And it's a calculated risk, of course, isn't it, about doing this? Will it, will it be effective uh, in de-escalating, atten uh, de de-escalating tensions or will it have completely the opposite effect? That's something I guess we will not have to wait very long to find out. I mean, in terms of other 
international reaction. Saudi Arabia, which is in a tricky position, it's got a very delicate balance to strike in, in the stance that it takes in the middle of all of this. Um, Saudi Arabia has asked the US and allies to show restraint and avoid escalation. Uh, the foreign ministry says Riyadh is closely monitoring what's happening with great concern. And then again, uh, with a, you know, a show of the collective action here internationally. The governments of Australia, Bahrain, Canada, Denmark, Germany, the Netherlands, New Zealand, the Republic of Korea, the UK and US, they all put out a joint statement overnight speaking of the broad consensus of the international community uh, against the Houthis. And the statement says the multilateral strikes were conducted in accordance with the inherent right of individual and collective self-defence. And crucially, the Allies say our aim remains to de-escalate tensions and restore stability in the Red Sea. Uh, the US and its allies will be hoping this is a short, sharp campaign with minimal loss of life. I mean, whether it proves to be the one and only overnight lot of strikes or whether they're, they're planning one or two more uh, lots of strikes, we don't know. The Houthis may have other ideas about whether this is a, you know, a short, sharp campaign. You know, the coming hours and days, uh, you know, will be very delicate and, and difficult ones, I think. And then in the U.S. courts, both a Biden and a Trump in court, Hunter Biden pleads not guilty on a series of tax charges and also Donald Trump in court too. Yeah, so let's talk about the US president's son first, Hunter Biden, pleading not guilty to charges of tax evasion in a federal court in LA. He was indicted last month on uh, nine counts of evading almost one and a half million US dollars in taxes. He's going to be released without detention, but on several conditions that there's no drinking, no drugs. Uh, he maintains employment. He doesn't buy firearms. And if he violates those terms, he could be banged up in, in jail. Re Republicans have, have long been focusing on the president's son's overseas business dealings and accusing Joe Biden himself of financially benefiting from him, from them. And that's something that he won't welcome, of course, uh, in, in, a, in an election year uh, in the US. Talking of which, uh, someone who hopes to be in the White House this time next year, Donald Trump, um, he made a brief statement during the final day of his civil fraud trial uh, against him, uh, even though he'd been banned from addressing the courts in New York. Funnily enough, he found a way of doing so. Uh, the former president insisted he'd done nothing wrong, that his financial records were perfect. He was eventually cut off by the judge, uh, who told his lawyers to control their client. Uh, Donald Trump and two of his sons have already been found guilty of business fraud by inflating the value of their properties. And we're expecting a decision by the judge on other charges by the end of the month. Donald Trump could be fined hundreds of millions of dollars and banned from doing business in New York. But, I mean, it's perfectly possible that all of this won't do his election chances any damage at all. Possibly quite the opposite. We'll see. Uh, m my current fascination and books that I'm reading are about uh, conquistadors. And your final story is about a huge ancient city that has been found in the Amazon. I'm, I'm wondering, is, is, is this the discovery of the mythical city of, 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 of El Dorado, John? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite a thought. Maybe. Uh, I mean, they're going to do further research on this. Could be the case. Yeah, this huge ancient city in eastern Ecuador. Um, archaeologists used excavations and ground penetrating lasers to find these ruins. Like we were talking yesterday, modern technology uh, can just do so much more. Uh, it was all hidden by vegetation in the Amazonian rainforest. Uh, they reckon that uh, this, this city 
uh, had about 6,000 mounds and platforms making up homes and places to carry out ceremonies connected by many kilometres of long, straight roads. Is this fit fitting the model of, uh, of, of the ruined city that you've got in mind? Um, researchers believe this was a built about 2,500 years ago, and they say it's going to change everything we know about the history of people who lived in the, in the Amazon, because it was previously thought such large settlements were only found in high up areas of South America, like the Machu Picchu in, in Peru. So, yeah, a whole new world of discovery here in the Amazon. Really appreciate your time. Enjoy your weekend. John Adley, looking to talk to you, you very much. soon on the world.